Pine Bee Podcast, and this episode takes us to the Loire Valley region of Chinon. This is the third stop in our tour of the Loire Valley, our road trip uh, through this beautiful part of France, after our previous visits with Pierre-Henri Gadet in the Sèvres in Maine region, uh, Muscadet near the, uh, near the Atlantic coast. Uh, and then in our second stop, we went to Mont-Louis-sur-Loire and Vouvray near the city of Tours. Uh, there we visited Jean-Philippe and Jackie Blow, where they make fantastic Chenin Blanc. Uh, and now we're half an hour west, going towards Angers to meet with one of Chinon's most famous winemakers, Mathieu Baudry of Domaine Bernard Baudry. As ever, the travel in the Loire is beautiful and adds to a wonderful backdrop of scenery and chateaus and villages that really kind of brings out the best in the wines you're drinking along the way. So that's part of it. Just to say it, in the same way that the Loire Valley is a wine lover's paradise and smorgasbord of wine regions and wine varieties, the WineBeat website is a treasure trove of wine travel articles, wine blogs, and of course podcasts. So come visit us at the WineBeat to, to see more from other areas, to see more about our Loire Valley uh, road trip and all the other content that we've got there. Anyway, back to the subject at hand, Domaine Bernard Baudry. Mathieu Baudry studied and worked in many of the great winemaking regions of the world, both in his native France and also in California and Tasmania. But after all these experiences and all the education that came with them, Mathieu was happy to return to Chinon and to work with his father Bernard. Mathieu's passion for winemaking is driven by the climate, uh, the very distinct terroirs, plural of Chinon, by the power of its limestone soils, and by the particular expressions of single vineyard wines. Domaine Bernard Baudry makes vineyard-specific wines, and Mathieu loves to explain how the different soils drive different and unique identities in each of the wines. So, here's the very warm and welcoming Mathieu Baudry telling us about making great Cabernet Franc wines in his native Chinon in the Loire. Here we go. Bonjour, Mathieu. Bonjour, Craig. I'm with uh, Mathieu Baudry at the domain Bernard Baudry in Chinon. Uh, Chinon is synonymous with Cabernet Franc in the Loire Valley. And the domain Bernard Baudry is one of the most prominent winemakers here in Chinon. So I'm very excited to be talking with you this morning, Mathieu. Thank you for joining me on the wine beat. Please tell me about the domain Bernard Baudry. The Domaine Bernard Baudry has been created in 1975 by my parents. Uh, I have joined them in 2001, so I took over the family estate, even if my dad is still uh, very involved in the winery, so it's uh, very family. Uh, we make Chinon wines, uh, only Chinon. 90% is red, 5 is rosé, and 5 is uh, white. Under two grapes, uh, the most famous one is the Cabernet Franc for making the reds and rosé. And there's a bit of Chenin Blanc as well for making the, the white wines. Um, our vineyard is uh, spread out uh, into Chinon and this little village, Cravon les Coteaux. And we grow our vines into the valley, on slopes, on plateau as well. So very different terroirs. We do what we call vinification parcellaire. That means that we vinify separately each uh, grounds where we grow our vines. 
under, of course, the Cabernet Franc uh, grape variety, which is the historic grapes of the area and the grapes that we are allowed to plant under the, the, the Chinon label. Uh, tell us a little bit about the history of the estate and how did you have your start? So my dad start in, uh, started in 1975. I took over in 2001 after some uh, uh, studies and some experiences abroad. I went to Tasmania in South Australia. I went to California as well to learn more about the, the, the vine growing and winemaking. I did some experiences in France as well, in Vouvray, in uh, Côte de Provence, uh, Beaujolais. And uh, I feel very happy because we, with my dad, we, we, we have a good uh, respect and we have um, a good uh, relationship uh, in order to taste uh, together, to take decisions together. So I feel happy to, to, work, uh, to work with him and to, to, to cover, to take over. You studied in Burgundy and Bordeaux, if I understand correctly. Yes, I spent some time in Burgundy and as well in Bordeaux for technical uh, viticultural school. And I learned uh, a lot uh, there. But somewhere, uh, the experiences I did abroad uh, really helped to, to, to open mind and to, to come back at the winery and work, uh, and work with, the, with the family. So those experiences internationally really helped you in terms of your viticultural and winemaking knowledge, and it was helpful to bring that back here. Yes, that was a very different approach that uh, the, the, the viticultural and the winemaking uh, we, we practice in, uh, in Chinon, but it's always interesting to, to look around and know what's happening uh, outside the winery. And uh, today, even if I have learned things that I will never <laughs> make uh, in Chinon, yes, I know that they, they exist. Yeah. What, what grapes were you working with in Tasmania? Tasmania, they had about 10 grapes. So that was Lots still experimenting. Grapes. But the, 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 the best grapes were the, 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 the Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and some Pinot Grigio as well. Pinot Gris. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a really, it's a real up and coming wine area. Yeah, yes, I think it's a cool uh, microclimate. It's a, it's, it's a great place to, to grow vines now. Yeah. And California, where were you in Cali? It was in Carneros. It was at Bouchain Vineyard. It's a famous vineyard now in California. They were growing um, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, and some Cabernet Franc as well. That, uh, that's some, why. <laughs> some Cab Franc. Some Cab Franc. Uh, very different than the Cabernet Franc that we grow here. The climate is, uh, is so different. But very, very interesting uh, experience again. It's one thing that I found really fascinating about people starting their wine career is they'll often do a harvest season uh, in the southern hemisphere in Australia or New Zealand or South Africa or even Chile, Argentina. And then, uh, you know, that's in uh, uh, January, February, March. And then they'll then move to the northern hemisphere to do a harvest in California or in France. Uh, it's a really interesting experience, I think. Yes, it's what I did when I was young. So it was in 1998 and I did one in spring. So that was in Tasmania and uh, one experience in California in the North uh, Hemisphere uh, for fall. But today, <laughs> I won't have any more time to do, to do it again. So uh, I feel happy because I, I did it when I, when yeah, I that's could. The, that's now, the cool. now it's too late uh, to, do, to do it again. And we are so busy uh, at the winery that... Uh, but that's the cool part of it because you can combine travel and, uh, and learning. Exactly, yes. Yeah, what a great experience. 
Um, so, but you were, after all your experiences, both abroad and in France, you were happy to come back to Chinon. Um, uh, this is home and this is where you, you like to make wine. Yes, we say that we, we, we like home, we like to go back home when you, when you travel before and when you have visited some other place and when you, you are back you feel so happy to, to, to find uh, the family, to find uh, the friends, to find the regions as well because I feel that uh, Chino is a, is, is a beautiful place. And uh, when I was young, uh, when I was younger, I could not figure out how, how, how nice it, it is. And I think it's a really great uh, wine region. Uh, it was maybe a bit shy wine region in the past, uh, not as popular as some others in France. But uh, Loire Valley wines are getting more and more popular, and I think that Chinon uh, is. Uh, is a really great uh, terroir for, for grain Cabernet Franc in, in the world. And so tell us about why Chinon is such a great place to grow. There's maybe something about the, 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 the climate. It's a, it's a cool, uh, temperated microclimate. We are, we are quite north and on the north hemisphere, about the latitude. So it's not too dry. It's not too cold. We have some oceanic influence. We are only two and a half uh, hours drive from the ocean. And there's something about the landscape, about the that huge and beautiful forest, uh, which is north, uh, it's a kind of fence uh, against the north, uh, northeast wind. Um, the rivers, they, I think the, 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 the Vienne River and the Loire uh, River bring a kind of humid and cool uh, microclimate without too much uh, stress and uh, and the soil uh, Chino is located on limestone soil it's uh, it's a beautiful rock white limestone that we call tufo in the area it's very porous so that allows the, the vines to to get the water to find the water the nutrition so not that much stress again and the limestone uh, bring some specific taste, uh, some character to, to the wines, some liveliness. Actually, I love limestone. And that's important. That's, a, that's a very nice rock. And the limestone, the white limestone, brings that uh, light to the, to the houses, to the, the chateau of the, of the area. So that's a part of Everything the history uh, as, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Um, and the vines actually penetrate into the limestone. How deep will they travel? Actually, they don't need to go that deep, uh, not as deep as in slate soil, for example, because uh, the limestone is at maybe one meter, two meters maximum. And as soon as the, the roots uh, find the, the limestone, they don't need to go much deeper. In the limestone, they, they feel happy. They have the, the water. They have the iron, they have the, the nutrition, they have all, all what they need. So that's, uh, that's nice. Of course, you need a bit of clay and, and sand over the limestone. Uh, so that's, uh, yes, very interesting, very interesting work for that. 
think you were saying that the limestone gives the wines a an energy or a brightness or a, is it, is the, is that a, is that acidity or is it minerality or what is it that the limestone gives? I think it's it's about minerality it's difficult to explain it uh, scientifically but um, limestone brings a specific balance with uh, nice tannins thin uh, very fine tannins and uh, and higher acidity than vines planted on alluvial soils so that brings a kind of freshness, uh, liveliness, and as well a potential uh, for, uh, for aging, for, for keeping the wine for 10, 20 years, sometimes more. Because of so the acidity. That, yes, because of the acidity, because of the tannin. So that brings a very nice body. Alluvial soil uh, makes nice wine as well. Very, f- very easy drinking, very approachable in their youth. But they, they, are, they don't. Uh, they are not as deep as uh, as vines um, located on, on the slopes and on the limestone. So the complexity that you get in the wine and the uh, the character of the Cabernet Franc is uh, well. How would you describe the character generally of, of the Cab Franc that is grown here? Uh, it's difficult to tell because according to the, the terroir, the, the the place where you you grow it, even in Chinon. The, the, the expression is, uh, is different. But uh, Cabernet Franc, uh, I think, uh, has, um, has good character. Cabernet Franc is quite a structured wine, but with a lot of freshness, a lot of liveliness. You can get some nice herbal feeling. You can get some nice spices. You have nice fruits, some violets. So that's quite complex. And... Uh, Unfortunately, Cabernet Franc has been considered as a, as a light or a, a medium body wine, a bit uh, green in the past. But if you pick it, if you grow it in the nice terroir, on um, the nice climate, of course, that's a very serious wine and that makes a beautiful uh, balanced wine for, for food. And age-worthy? Uh, good Chinon is wine that can age for quite a long time? Yes, the, the Chinon from the alluvial soil, so from the gravelly soils, they are approachable in their youth, so you can drink them from now to five years, but from the clay and limestone soil, 15 years, 20 years, no, 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 no problem. There's, there's a great uh, picture on your website, the, the domain Bernard Baudry website, that shows the, um, the hillside and the valley, it shows where your vineyards are located along the hillside and down closer to the valley so um, I'll, I'll put a link to that website so people can look at it because it's quite a good image um, but there's a difference then in the expression obviously between the lower uh, vineyards and the higher vineyards on the on the slopes uh, and you also said that you're producing vineyard specific wines uh, site specific wines from each of those places Yes, uh, it's kind of a Burgundian uh, way of wine making and of vine growing. I like to show people oh, how important is the soil uh, with the wines. When you have only one grape, like the Cabernet Franc, you really get a, a transparency from the soil into the wine. So when I receive uh, professional people as private customers, I like to arrange the tasting in front of that aquarium with all the, the samples of the of ground to show them how the soil affects the taste of the wine. And if the wine is if this wine is light and quite fresh, uh, fruity, uh, 
that's because it's in sandy, it comes from a sandy soil and with nice gravels. If this wine has more grip, has a bit more tannins, uh, and is longer in the mouth, more, more intense, it's because it comes from a different soil, it's mostly limestone. So, and they really, sh they really considered th that wine is not only a grape, it's not only a regent, it's also a soil. So it's a, it's a combination of climate, soil, um, vintage, um, and also, but the 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 the, the man, uh, what the, the growers uh, do to to express uh, the soil in his wines. So that so that leads us to a very good question, which is, uh, you know, you've got the different uh, vineyard locations, which can give different expressions. Um, what do you do in the growing of the the wine and in the making of the wine to? to get the terroir expression, to get the unique expressions from each place? Um, I like to say that if when I show my customers the, the, the aquarium with the, 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 the different terroirs, I tell them that it's nice to see that, but if you don't grow correctly your soil, that means nothing. Um, I mean that um, I feel lucky because my dad, uh, when he started, uh, didn't have enough money to buy herbicides, to buy many chemicals to, 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 to control the, the weeds, uh, to control the, the fungus. So it was a kind of organic farming at that time until uh, 89. And uh, then as the others, he has started to put some herbicides and maybe five years later, he knew that he was wrong and he came back to a kind of organic viticulture and for 10 years now all of our vineyard is grown organically and I feel that it's important for ecological reasons of course but it's also important to really get the terroir expression as we have discussed if you want if you really want to feel the limestone in the wine if you really want to feel the, the gravels in the wines don't put herbicides. You have to plug. You have to let the root systems going down and not stay up. So you're organic. You're growing organically, and in the in the cellar, in the winemaking practices, what do you do? Again, uh, if you work organically in the vines, you have to be cautioned in the winery, and you don't have to interfere on that great relation about between the, the soil and the wine. So we don't, uh, we use our indigenous yeast, so the yeast coming from the, 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 the grape or coming from the, the, the winery. Um, we um, vinify with as less intervention as we can. So we don't make that much extraction, punch down or, uh, or a pigeage. So it's kind of gentle pump over in order to uh, to extract some nice things from the grapes, nice things from the ground, but not, not, not that much. Let the wines make what, well, what you want to, 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 to express and to do. A very light touch. Exactly, it's a kind of light touch. I hope we'll get a chance to walk through the cellar later, and I, I think maybe we'll try to record as we walk through the cellar, and you can you can talk a little bit about the caves because it, immediately behind the the, uh, the the villa, the house, and in this tasting room, there's there's caves that go straight into the hillside. You can walk straight in. It looks like, and so I hope we can, hope we can go in and look at the caves. Of course, we will go there. Those caves are, are nice, and we feel again very lucky to have those caves 
because uh, they were dig uh, to build house first of all and it was too big to 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 build house or castles and today those caves are very useful to to age or, uh, or wine in barrels with great conditions temperature condition humid conditions that's a nice spot so this one here is essentially was a mine it was a quarry to 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 pull the uh, limestone for the building of houses and chateaux yes exactly oh, that's interesting that's it Okay, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get a chance to look at that, I hope. So we've talked about uh, Cabernet Franc, which is the flagship wine for Chinon, um, but you also grow Chenin Blanc, a smaller percentage, of course, but we should talk quickly about Chenin Blanc and what you do in, with Chenin Blanc. Yes, Chenin is a tiny production. It's uh, about 4% of Chenin planted in Chinon, but that's a very interesting grape, and uh, Chenin Blanc is there for many centuries. François Rabelais, the famous... Uh, a writer and the famous philosopher humanism was talking about Chenin Blanc in his uh, in his book, and it's, it, it is probably as old as the Cabernet Franc. But uh, Chenin Blanc really needs, to my opinion, specific uh, limestone soils or clay and limestone soils. And uh, and today, I think uh, yes, five percent, ten percent will be a kind of maximum of the, the Chenin Blanc um, production in, in the next future in the region and also a similar proportion here at your estate yes in my estate it's about five percent yes today five okay. percent so two wines i make five red wines one rosé and two whites right so two whites are both from chenin blanc obviously and the rosé is from cabernet franc but that's a rosé de pressurage that means that there's no skin contact i pick the cabernet franc I press it and then the, the, the wine ferments uh, by itself again for, uh, for three months and makes the, the, my rosé wine. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Well, we are drinking a, um, a Chinon, a, um, a uh, Cabernet Franc. Um, can you pronounce the name of this one? This one, this specific wine is called Les Grezo. It's a, it's a single vineyard located at the, at the foot of the slope uh, on gravel soils, uh, gravels, and there's some limestone underneath. I like this um, this vineyard. It's uh, it's made with old vines, 60 years old vines that my great grandfather has planted, and uh, I would say that Le Grezo is quite um, intense. Um, it's quite concentrated, but he has a kind of finesse. He has nice, well-rounded tannins. This is 2017. I would like to keep it maybe one more year, and that will that that wine will uh, really start to to show um, its potential. Just 2017, a good year. Yes, it belongs to those warm vintages, but not overripe. Uh, very balanced and very approachable. 17 will be a very nice wine, I think, to to drink uh, at the end of this year, next uh, next winter, for example. Yeah, very, very nice on the nose. Some green and herbal notes for sure, which is pretty common with Cabernet Franc, right? E exactly. I think it's a, it's a nice example of Cabernet Franc from the gravels. He has some herbals, he has some smoke, has some earthiness, and, and with um, ripe um, fruit flavors. It's a nice combination of, um, yeah. Yeah. of, of, of flavors. Yeah, lot, lots of fruit and lots of complexity on the nose. I think that should pair well with, uh, I don't know, nice uh, lamb, um, mm. some um, duck, why not? Gorgeous, gorgeous. Um, so that's a, um, 
maybe maybe you would say that Chinon is the classic expression of Cabernet Franc. I don't know, but there's Cabernet Franc is grown in many parts of the world, and it has a different expression. Some of the characteristics are the same, but uh, this one has a very. Uh, I think um, Chinon might be maybe the classic expression. Yes, we share the, the, the Cabernet Franc grape variety with Bourgueil as well, with uh, Saumur Champigny, and they are also very nice uh, regions for growing, uh, for, for growing that, uh, that grape variety. But yes, uh, Chinon is, is my town, is my appellation. I, I really like it, and uh, I feel that it belongs to those great uh, wine regions in the world. How do you find a, gr a good Chinon? If a person is buying a bottle of Chinon wine, how do they know where to uh, where to find it? In, in, we sell 60% uh, of our production in France through wine shops, uh, through restaurants, and uh, at the winery as well. Uh, by appointment, I receive uh, some people uh, at the winery as well. And 45% of my wines are exported. I feel lucky because I have... Uh, importers uh, almost all over the world. We work with about uh, 30 different uh, countries abroad and with some nice connoisseurs and nice company uh, uh, doing a great job with our wines uh, abroad. Uh, and, and, and of that export, how much is going to the US, Canada? How much is going to other places? Yes, the main market is, uh, is North, uh, North America. So US is the biggest market for us. Then uh, we have Canada and, and Belgium. You, you, you talked about the beauty of the Chinon region. It's not actually, we're not actually on the Loire River, we should mention, right? We're on uh, another river. The Vienne River, the yes. The Vienne River. So the village of Chinon overlooks the Vienne, very close to the Loire, part of the same valley, but uh, and I guess part of the same river system. Mm -hmm. uh, beautiful river and uh, uh, the chateau overlooking it. Um, it's a great place to visit, uh, not only for the wine, but also obviously for the beauty of the Loire Valley. Yes, Chinon is very well known for, uh, for, for, the, for the wine, of course, but there's, there's a, a beautiful castle, a uh, forteress, a beautiful forteress from uh, the, the 12th century, and, uh, and uh, many nice chateaux surrounding uh, Chinon. We call them the Chateau of the Loire, uh, the, and beautiful houses as well. No, the, we have many tourism, many people coming, coming in the area, for visiting those chateaux, for uh, the rivers, the Vienne rivers, the Loire River, which are beautiful, and also for, uh, yes, uh, drinking, drinking wine. There's a the nice forest that I have mentioned, uh, the Forêt Chinon with a beautiful uh, trail, and uh, we have many family uh, visiting uh, the region for all these uh, reasons. I'm sure tourism is a big part of the economy here, and I suppose wine is probably a big part of the economy. Does you think it makes a is is it fundamental to the economy of this region, the wine? Oh yes, yes it is for sure. For Chinon, uh, wine uh, is uh, is very important. There's uh, about two thousand and five hundred hectares of vines planted into the Chinon appellation. Only the Chinon appellation. That means about uh, hundred and fifty growers. And it's funny because it's in, in Chino, it's very, it's kind of family uh, wine region. There are not that much cooperative or there are not 
not that much big companies. There are many, many wineries all along the roads or all along the, the rivers and you can visit them quite easily and uh, you, you can have, uh, have great time, great reception and great uh, talk with those uh, growers. Is it typical to make an appointment before you come or can people... It's better to make sure that the winemaker is there or someone can take care of you, can show you the cab, for example, or can talk to you about, about his wine. So it's always better to have an appointment, yes. Okay. Hey, let's go and look at the cab. Let's go. Okay. Okay, so we're walking into the cab, which is... Um, straight walk into the mountainside through a wooden door yes we open the door it's gone. and it's huge it's a it's a nice cave it's a huge cave yes quite long <laughs> let's move a little bit further down it sounds like the acoustics are really nice it's quiet barrels that we're walking between are what age of barrels do you use do you use some new barrels and and obviously some older barrels what's the uh, what's the so all is uh, all is uh, french oak and all these barrels are neutral barrels so there's no new barrels they are two years old three years old oak barrels until 10 years old oak, oak barrels and that's uh, that's about the average I don't use them new because I feel the new new oak is too strong for the kind of wine that I, that I make, and because I again I like to to really get the, the terroir expression, and new oak some sometimes uh, hide a bit of that uh, that terroir. That's really interesting because uh, I mean a lot of wineries are very proud that they use new oak, but your view is to let the wine talk, not the oak. No, I'm I'm very cautious about that. And uh, yes, I like to blend those two, three years old uh, barrels that you can see there, and with 10 years old oak barrels to have a combination of, uh, of, uh, of tannins, and I don't want too much tannins. So I, I really want to fill my wines much more than some oak uh, taste uh, today. Uh, and there's a question there about blending. So you, uh, all of your Cabernet Franc are done on a site-specific. You make yes. vineyard-specific wine. So mm -hmm. each one is, uh, each label, the, the the grapes are all from that particular mm -hmm. vineyard site. Mm -hmm. But then you have uh, different barrels that uh, might have different characteristics. Do you find the blending is a is a is a big part of making the wine the way you like? I don't age all of my wines in in barrique in, in wood. Uh, some some of my wines are aged in tank in classic uh, concrete uh, tanks. But the wine that I uh, age uh, in, uh, in wood, for example, the Clos Guillaume that you see there, uh, I like to age a part of it in, yes, three years old barrel and a part of it in 10 years old barrel. The 10 years old barrel will preserve the fruit, the freshness, uh, the liveliness of the fruit, but the tannins are a bit tighter than from a two years old oak barrel. The two years old oak barrels will bring more oxygen, will bring soft tannins, um, a kind of sweet uh, impression in the wine, but there's sometimes a lack of, of fruit. So I like at the end of the aging to blend all of them and to let the wine uh, settle before bottling. Fascinating. So uh, 
some aging in oak barriques, uh, all of the same size? Yes, yes, you yes. 225 yes. liters? Exactly. And then uh, some of the wine is, is, is aged in, in concrete. Yes, yes. I like my entry-level wines and the medium-body wines are, are aged in unlined concrete. Unlined because I'm looking for a kind of micro-exchange. Um, and uh, I don't have any more wood uh, influence. And uh, it keeps the, the fruit quite fresh. And uh, I can rack the wine if I need. I, I can let it uh, breathe a little bit. So yes, three of my wines are aging concrete, and I feel very happy with these. Uh, you have some oxygen exchange. Yes, yes. What shape are the tanks? We don't see them. Uh, haven't seen them, but uh, they are. F I would say between uh, 500 liters, uh, 5,000 liters. Sorry, to um, 10,000 liters. That uh, that's that's uh, that's the average. I have different. Uh, of cane of tanks. There's some noise coming from the end of the cave. Is that a the water? Is that a ghost? Yes, no, that's not a ghost. Uh, those caves are, are very humid, and as I told you, the limestone is porous. That's the tufo, and uh, there's some uh, water uh, spring coming from springs, <laughs> from spring, and that uh, drop uh, at the back of the cave. What have we missed? What have we? Is there anything else we should talk about while we're standing in the cave? Oh, we we are well in the cave. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to tell in the cave. There's just only. Yeah, uh, I guess the temperature <laughs> is important, right? So, uh, tell me about the temperature in the in the cave. Uh, is it consistent all year round? Yes. What is the the, the the great thing about the cave is that the temperature is constant. Is constant. It's 12 degrees all along the year. Even in summer, if it's very hot outside, temperatures stay cool there. And that's a great thing for the wine. And also, the cave is so humid that uh, we talk about uh, La Part des Anges, the angel's share, because of the uh, oxidation of the wine. But some, some of the wine escapes over time uh, because the barrel is porous and it shrinks inside the barrel. Exactly, but here it's so humid that there's no nothing for the angels. No, <laughs> no nothing for the from the angels. <laughs> uh, we just need to fill the barrels when we, we taste with my dad or with my employee. But that's that we don't uh, lose that much wine. You know, often in the winery, the big part of the job during the course of the year is topping the barrels up because of that little bit of loss. But not here. Here we, we, we do it once uh, every 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 two months. Okay. So we feel very lucky with that. Mathieu, thank you very much for the conversation and showing me the estate and the beautiful calf. So thanks again. Thanks, Craig. Merci beaucoup. And that was Mathieu Baudry of Domaine Bernard Baudry. I hope you enjoyed the podcast episode. It's our third in this Loire Valley wine tour of ours. We've been to Sèvres, Maine, where we met with Pierre-Henri Gadet, and he told us all about making great muscadet, particularly Sourlis muscadet. Then we went way over a couple hours' drive east, and we met with Jean-Philippe Blot and Jackie Blot, the famous makers of great Chenin Blanc in Montlouis-sur-Loire and Vouvray. Now we've gone half an hour back uh, westward again and had this conversation with Mathieu Baudry. Next up is Paul Pisani-Ferry of Chateau Target in Saumur-Champigny. So quite a terrific cross-section of the wine regions of the Loire. I hope you're enjoying this. Um, we've been talking about Cabernet Franc in this episode and 
uh, Cabernet Franc, like the Loire's other great wine grapes, Chenin Blanc and Sauvignon Blanc, these are global nomads. These are wines that make themselves very much at home and very successfully in some of the greatest winemaking regions of the world. But it's fascinating to go to their true homes in the Loire uh, for Cabernet Franc to visit uh, Chinon or Bourgogne or Saumur Champagne and to have the wines where they really originally came from. These are beautiful, beautiful places. It's well worth traveling to and tasting the wines in their homes makes a difference, I think. So uh, get there if you can, travel if you can't uh, immediately. Well, listen to the podcast because it's, uh, it's the next best thing to actually going there. And to say it again, if you haven't yet listened to the other episodes from the Loire, please go to our website and download those or, or listen to them on iTunes and Google Play and Spotify and Stitcher Radio. Um, I think you'll enjoy them. They're, they knit together nicely as a, as a tour of the Loire. So thanks again for visiting. Uh, check out the show notes for the program. There's lots of photos from uh, Domaine Bernard Baudry and from the region. Um, there's a lot more information there, and there's links to some other, some other content. So go to the website, www.thewinebeat.com, to see the, this episode, the show notes, and, and all of the other con- uh, content we've got. We've got, uh, you know, there's a blog on the Shinon region, which is actually quite good, I think. Uh, I don't mind saying so myself. Lots of stuff there. So please come and join us. Send us an email. Send us your comments. Love to receive your feedback. It's always a joy. Thanks very much for joining us on the Wine Beats. Take care. Bye. Talk about your beer. You're looking for what kind of talk. You ain't gonna find it here.